You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, please, um, let's come to John chapter 2. We'll take our text, a very familiar passage from the scripture. We'll take from verse 1 to 11. I'd like us to read together, please. John 2, from verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. Verse 11. Let me hear you. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. Let us pray. Father, we come with expectation We come hungry. Open our eyes, O Lord. Let us behold wonderful, wondrous things from your word. Lord, your word says that you did this and the disciples believed in you. Lord, take us deeper in our faith this morning. Let us hear what your spirit is saying to us. Let us, O Lord, be transformed even by the entrance of your word. We don't know, I don't know how everyone here has come, but you know. So speak to each man in their own language. Let none remain the same. You are mighty. You are bigger. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we could ask or imagine. Lord, we ask, have your way in this gathering. And let marvelous and glorious things be done. Blessed be your holy name, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, this text is a text that, you know, we we are familiar with it. Very um, favorite text for preachers at weddings. And we don't have a wedding today, but a wedding should be happening very soon in Jesus' name. Okay, so you can hear it and reserve it for the wedding. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But what caught me, which is where we want to begin from in this text, 
is when the Bible took time to let us know that this beginning of signs, Jesus did. Okay, this beginning of signs. So this was the beginning, the number one miracle that Jesus did. And what immediately this does for us is that it removes all those stories that, you know, people tell that as a little child he did this and he did that. No. This is what the scriptures records for us. This beginning of signs that Jesus did. And one other thing we take also that we must take note of here is that when Jesus' mother requested for this sign, Jesus said, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But we see that even though his hour had not yet come, something provoked him. Something, you know, charged him up so that he accelerated his coming. I pray that you will hear something this morning that will enable you to accelerate your miracle in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. So that's where we begin from. And just to also lay proper foundation, I want you to see, I think some translations say this beginning of miracles, I don't know. But in the Gospel of John, you know, John was one of those people that the way he recorded the Gospels, he was intentional. And you could see from the beginning, and then you see that at the end, if you please put John 20 for us, John 20 verse 30 and 31. You see that from beginning, John told us this is the beginning of signs. And then in John 30, this is what John 20, 30, this is what, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit wrote for us from John. He says, and truly, Jesus did what? Many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Okay, 31. 31 now says, but these are written, that what may happen? That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing what will happen? You may have life in his name. So the sign is not so much, you know, where we should stop. The sign is to lead us somewhere. Praise the Lord. John was very clear about that. He said, we wrote these things, not to excite you, not to get anything, but that you and I may believe that Jesus is the Christ. And then that believing will what? propel faith in him, which will bring life in his name. Praise the Lord. And in fact, it didn't stop there. John, in another place, also recorded our Lord Jesus. If you remember, after the miracle of feeding of the multitude, when the people were looking for him, looking for him, when they found Jesus, you know what Jesus said to them? Jesus said to them, you do not seek me because of the miracle or because of the sign again. But because you ate the loaves and you were filled. Now they knew that the loaves they ate were miracle loaves. Didn't they know that? So what were they seeking him for? They were seeking him for more miracle loaves. So how come the master will say, you're not seeking me because you saw the sign. You're seeking me because you ate the loaves. So I can be a beneficiary of a miracle and yet not get the ultimate that God wants for me. Is anybody with me? So I can have a testimony, unquote, but not have the testimony. The intent of God, the greatest desire of God, you know, from the beginning to the end, is that you will know him. In fact, we are told, you know, John 17, 3, one of the few scriptures I know, you know, offhand, is what? It says, for this is what? Eternal life, that you may know him, the only 
true God. So everything God is doing for you, everything God is doing with you, everything God is doing around you is to bring you to a knowledge of himself. Now, if anything happens, no matter God today, you know, works a miracle, you wake up, you see gold bars in your room, you know, you open your shower and crude oil is running out, you know, whatever miracle you can dream of, if all of that happens and you don't increase in your knowledge of God, you have not really prospered. Praise the Lord. And that was what John wrote about. That's why he called them signs. He took note. He said this was the beginning. And when he was done, he says, if all of them were written, but these ones are written, are enough for you to know that Jesus is the Son of God. Praise the Lord, somebody. So one of the first things I designed, I pray for myself and for you, is that we will see the signs and read them for what they are. Praise the Lord. It's very important you understand this foundation before we go in here. That you see the signs and read them for what they are. Now, what is a sign? Simple. It says it's an object or quality or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the presence of another. Did you get that? Let me read it again. It says a sign is an object or quality or event whose presence or occurrence indicates the presence of another. So you ate the miracle loaves. Miracle loaves should indicate that there is the bread of life. You get it now? So God, you know, heals me, my body physically. It indicates that this one who is healing my body has an interest in the salvation of my soul. So the sign is to say, you have this. Okay, it's just like you're driving from Abuja. Interestingly, while you're still in Abuja going to the airport, you see direction to Lagos. How many of us have seen that direction? You know, I don't understand how you can be directing somebody from uh, Abuja Express Road to Lagos. Whereas they are up to 100 turns between here and Lagos. The direction should read, Gwagwalada, uh, maybe University of Abuja, right? Then when you get to University of Abuja, it will direct you because it's confusing. How can you encounter so many other locations? Before you get to Lagos, but that's what it is. So the sign is what you see now that leads you to something that is bigger or farther that you should go to. Are we clear on that? Praise the Lord. So what we have here was the beginning of signs. I want to look into the word and see what was unique about this situation that made it the beginning of signs. Now, the first thing we find here is that it was a joyful occasion. It wasn't a miracle that was necessary. Are you with me? I mean, if they didn't have wine in the wedding, does that stop a wedding from going on? Anybody here planning a wedding? Let me give you, you know, some secrets. When my wife and I got married, we did uh, the registry wedding first. Then we did the uh, traditional wedding. And then we did the uh, white wedding, which is a church wedding. At the time we are doing our traditional wedding, we weren't really born again. If we were, we didn't know much. So, our wedding was a jamboree. People ate and drank and went home with cartons of wines, literally. Very true. You know, everything was flowing, okay? And they also gave us quite a lot of money. Everything was flowing. But after then, when we're now going to do our white wedding, something had happened. We had become, you know, smarter and wiser. Now, you know what we did? Our white wedding, the suit I wore, I borrowed from my friend. I drove myself, 
and my wife. My friend was insisting you can't drive at your wedding. He tried to enter. The, the key broke. Something happened. The car didn't want him. We had the reception in my house. Are you following me? What am I trying to say? The miracle Jesus walked here was not necessary for a wedding. What is necessary for a wedding? In fact, the reverend told us in church as if he knew. He said he's been telling young people that if you want to marry, what you need is yourself and who you're marrying and two witnesses. That's all. Do you understand? You don't need cake. You don't need wine. In fact, thank God for AI. You can finish your wedding, four of you, and then use AI and bring guests. Guests from China. <laughs> you know, Photoshop guests from Dubai. Even Clinton can come. Obama can come. Whoever you want to come, you take any cake you want, put it there, put yourself. You can even put yourself eating the cake. What I'm saying is that you people don't have any excuses, right? Let's get the weddings rolling. Praise the Lord. You know? But you see, simply, it was not a necessary miracle. Now, what is the, at the back of that? Very important. Listen to me. You see, the devil cannot change. I, I, I can't give him the word does not change because God can change him if he wants to, to anything. But the devil cannot change. The very first victory that is called over our parents, over Adam and Eve, was a victory that was based on the lie, the falsehood, that God was keeping something good from them. What did I say? That it was based on a lie that God was what? Keeping something from Adam and Eve. He said, what's going on? What's happening in the garden? He said, everything is right, you know, fine, we're enjoying you know, it's just that God said we should eat of every fruit of every tree. But you know, this particular one, he said we shouldn't eat it. And the devil said, chai, that's the sweetest. So he can change. What am I saying? Is that the temptation and the strategy he's using for me, for you, for every one of us here today, is still the same thing. He gives you the impression that he loves you better than God loves you. He gives you the impression that he has a better way to solve that problem. He gives you the impression that he can get you to the place of your fulfillment better than the path that God is taking you through. He can't change. He has nothing else. You know, he's so... I wanted to use dumb, but that's contrary to scripture. The Bible calls him that old, wise, you know, whatever. He's so consistent that he used it on our Lord Jesus Christ. What did Jesus come to do? To redeem the earth. What did Satan tell him? He said, if you bow down, you know, just worship me. Why do you have to go through all that stress? You know, those Galileans and all of that. Don't waste your time. Just bow down and worship me. And I give you all the kingdoms of the earth. He doesn't change his strategy. Child of God, if you understand this, I'm telling you, you decoded more than half of your victories. So easily. Because he would tell the same story. He will rearrange it, bring it this way, bring it that way. That he has a better way of living. And why do most people run from surrendering their lives to Jesus Christ in the time we live in? Because they think that when they become Christians, you know, light goes out of life. No fun, no joy, and all of that. I don't think anybody who witnessed this praise and worship will think that we are empty, right? Will anybody think that? No, no, no. We have joy, the source of joy that... Even in these times, thank God, is free. 
I imagine, you know, we're saying times are hard, times are hard. I know for 99%, I want to be able to say for everybody here, do you know what you're enjoying that you're not buying whiskey? Eh? You're not buying beer. If ordinary pep coke is how much now? Tolu, how much is coke? 200 naira. Now, imagine if your normal consumption is maybe three lagers after food. Do you know what that is doing on your budget? Do you understand? We have joy that is free. Somebody rejoice in the Lord. He said, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but rather what? Be filled with the Holy Ghost. How much do we pay for that? We don't pay anything. Hallelujah. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. We have a wonderful, wonderful package. Joy is ours. He says, how do you get it? He said, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety comes. They say, be anxious for nothing. He didn't say reason for anxiety will not come. He said, but be anxious. Don't be anxious for it. That's what he said. But rather what? In everything what? Prayer, supplications with thanksgiving. Can you imagine instead of anxiety, you can begin to give thanks. Now, the beautiful thing is that it works. Praise the Lord, somebody. It works. It works because we, as we get to see, the God we are dealing with is a mighty God. And just as he is, he also does not change. The Bible says Jesus Christ the same when yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He keeps working wonders. He keeps doing miracles. You can depend on his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. So the enemy hasn't changed. So you, you're here, you're facing a temptation. I can bet you that what the enemy is trying to tell you is that he has a better way of solving it. He has a quicker way. He has something, you know, and that God is keeping it from you. But when you understand that God is the author and the finisher of our faith, that he holds your life, the Bible says you and I are inscribed where? Upon the palms of his hands. Before they began to do tattoo, God had tattooed you on his hands. And he said, not even a sparrow. Are you listening? Not a sparrow falls to the ground without your heavenly father. He says, I've numbered the hairs of your head. Not he counted. He numbered that cereal. Are you with me? That is how much God loves you. Okay, and that is how much God loves me. So if you can, no matter what it is, remind yourself that the one I put my faith in loves me. There is no shaking. There is no doubting of his love. I tell you, your strength will be great in Jesus' name. So that is what we have. It wasn't an essential miracle, but God wants us joyful. Anything and every situation that he's keeping from us now, he's not keeping it to make us sad. He's keeping it because there's something better in the offering. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Okay? So that's what happened there. There was a wedding. Jesus was invited, and he came, and then a problem arose. Now, the other thing we pick from here is, is that when the problem arose, the mother was, you know, quick and sensitive to say to Jesus. Now, Jesus was not the sponsor of this wedding. The Bible told us clearly what happened here. He was just invited. He was just a guest. Imagine having your wedding and then, you know, there is no food or something. Then you go to a guest and say, guest, please, our food has run out. But you see, there's a revelation in that encounter. Praise the Lord. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit was trying to teach us something about comparison. A lot of things the Bible lets us know is about comparison. Like when Jesus told us the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. God the Father is no way like the unjust judge. Praise the Lord. Okay? But he tells us that so that you can, you know, extrapolate. 
and see how much more confidence you should have that your prayer will be heard. Praise the Lord. So the same way here now, Jesus was invited. He was not the sponsor of the wedding. But when a problem arose, the mother brought the problem to him. I want to ask you, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you have problems, you call somebody on the phone. You have problems, you don't take it to him. Are you with me? You have problems, you don't fall on your knees and surrender to him. Some of us, the doctors get your expression more than God gets your expression. But he says, I'm the Lord that what? He led thee. Do you understand what we're talking about? The mother told him about a problem that was existing in a wedding. He was invited. He wasn't the chairman. They made me chairman of some occasion, you know, recently. The first time ever. You know, I was so afraid. First of all, I thought it would involve money. When they removed the money part, I was still afraid. You know, I'm an evil man. <laughs> you know, I say, which kind of hell be this? <laughs> you know, but there was book lunch. You know, so something still went out. You know, <laughs> praise God. So Jesus was not the chairman or sponsor of the wedding. But still they brought the problem to him. I want you to interrogate your heart. Do you take situations to Jesus like that? Do you do that? Do you run to him? And this is someone who says, come to me. All ye that labor and are what? Heavy laden. And what will I do? He says, I'll give you rest. This is what he says. Okay. So he says, come. Come to me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And still we don't go. We cry. We get ourselves depressed. You know, we get sad, we get fearful, we get all of that. And he's waiting for you to call. We've said here, what is God's phone number? Jeremiah 33, what does it say? Call on me and what? Network will never be busy. Praise the Lord. Call on me and I will answer you. And the beautiful thing is that you can call on him with a loud voice, like some people like to pray, you know, shouting so that everybody hears. He will still hear. You can call on him with a normal voice. He will still hear. You can call on him right from your spirit without even speaking out like Hannah and he will still hear. So why will you not call on him? You can call on him with good English. You can call on him with bad English. You can call on him in your native tongue. Any language you speak, he will hear. Even sometimes when you don't even speak, when you just groan, Jesus will hear you. Ask your neighbor, why are you not calling on him? Why are you not calling on him? Praise the Lord, Why? Jesus' mother took another person's wahala to Jesus. And we see as the story unfolds that he responded. Now, now, you see, I think part of what our challenge is, and I understand that, I, I know what I'm talking about, is that sometimes you feel there are some things that you shouldn't bother God with. Praise the Lord. You know we love him. We love God, right? So you encounter some situations you don't want to bother him with. He did something for you yesterday. Why do you want to go to him today again? But you see, when you understand omnipotence, when you understand omnipotence, omnipotence is that when you subtract from it, what remains is omnipotence. Do you understand? It's infinity. If you take away one billion naira from God's resources, he still has infinity. So there's nothing that God does that wears him out. There's nothing that God does that wearies him. You must understand that we don't weary him by asking. The issue is, do you believe? And God will grant us grace to believe in Jesus' name. So that's what we find here. Another person's problem, the mother brought it to him. And Jesus' response was, woman, woman. I know women can give problems. Are there women here? Whether as mother, 
as wife, as child. We had um, the uh, Men Under Authority Summit, and we had a seminar. And one of our speakers, um, Dr. Ositer, was telling us that he had to take an extra job to maintain his daughter, not girlfriend. He was an executive, a finance executive. But he said he had to take the job of a janitor. Because where the daughter did her hair once a week or twice a week, it was about $200. You know, women carry, they come along with all kinds of wahalas, but still we can't do without them. How many of us love their women? You love your wife, you love your mother, you love your daughter, praise the Lord. But they have wahala. See Jesus saying it here. Woman, what does your wahala have to do with me? That's what happens, okay? So he said to her, my hour has not yet come, but the kicker for what we are going to this morning is the response of Jesus' mother. And I want everybody to read it with, with me. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, what? Whatever he says to you, what? Now, if there is any reason, you know, the, the several people remember Mary for several reasons, okay? Some call him the mother of God, who we know that she's not, because she called Jesus her savior. You cannot give birth to God, and then God will be saved. She gave birth to the human body that carried Jesus, amen? But one of the reasons that we must honor Mary is the revelation that she brings to us in verse 5. Of John chapter 2. It says, she said to the servants, whatever he says to you, what? Do it. That's a revelation. And if you and I catch that today, we have made progress. Praise the Lord. Now, what is the implication of that? The implication of that is that Jesus' mother's problem was what? Wine had what? Run out in this wedding. So what did she need? Let me hear you. What did they need there? They needed wine. What did she tell the servants? What? Thank you, Pastor Emma. They needed wine, but she told the servants, whatever. Listen to me. I can't feel just pointing out the devil's wickedness. You see, the wickedness of the devil is to make you think that God thinks like you. So when I want something and I go to God, I've already built a pattern that God will use to answer me. And if the first step does not look like that pattern, I close that door and look for another God. But Mary did not say, when he brings wine, or he tells you how wine will come, do it. She said, whatever. Now, there's a dimension of faith, and thank, thank you, Holy Spirit. You see, when your children are growing, you realize that at some point in their lives, you don't bother explaining anything. You just answer them, okay? But they begin to get to the stage where when they ask for something, you tell them, wait, or you tell them as something that is not exactly what they are looking for. And they have to have the maturity to trust that you know what you're doing. Now, there's a dimension of faith where if God doesn't exactly do or lead you in the direction where you want him to lead you, you immediately begin to get discouraged. Praise the Lord. But what we find in this story is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, took it from a different perspective. She said, I want wine. But whatever you deem is right, do. Did anybody hear that? I want wine, but what? Whatever you deem is right, what? He said, do it. That's where you begin to. Because you see, the Bible says, as high as the heavens are above the earth. So what? So are my ways higher than your ways. So I bring my little concern. I bring my issues. I bring my challenges to God. And I'm looking for him to answer. If he answers at my level, 
then did I really need him? Is someone hearing me? The whatever they saying, you are God. You know, I, I like that song. He said, you are the Lord. He said, you know what to do. He knows what to do. Praise the Lord. So she said, whatever, which means whatever you deem is right, is okay with me. And you see, you even take it away from that angle. Take it like a beggar. If a beggar comes to beg you, you know, and say, I'm hungry, you know, I'm hungry, give me money, or give me whatever. If the beggar is begging for money, if you bring a plate of food, what should the beggar do? He should be glad you're giving him food that he would have used the money to buy. Okay? So Jesus must be allowed the liberty to intervene in my situation the way he wants. That's faith. Praise the Lord. That's faith. And this must help those who give Jesus, you know, time. The end of the year is coming. You know, Lord, if you don't do this for me by social time, I'm out on this. Listen, you can't give God that kind of time. Praise the Lord. No, you can't. That's why the Bible says he gives grace and he gives glory. Let me hear you say grace and glory. You know why he gives grace and glory? Because grace is what you need to hold you until the maturity of the promise. Then you will experience glory. Will somebody say thank you, Jesus? So if you're trusting God, maybe it's a bodily pain or marriage or whatever it is. When you go to God, that's what that same uh, 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 be anxious for nothing says. It says, and the peace of God. That is what you get immediately. You don't know immediately get what you ask for, but you get the peace. The peace is like, you know, a tranquilizer. It suits you. You're okay where you are until he does what you're asking him to do in the best of times. Praise the Lord, somebody. So that's the way it works. But when you say you must answer, answer now, you create room for the devil to answer you. And you don't want that. And for Nigeria, we are waiting for God to answer us in the name of Jesus. And he will surely answer us. Praise God. Okay, so this is the whatever now. Let's begin to look at the whatever. So whatever, and Jesus, the Bible says, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Then Jesus said to the servants, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Very good servants. And he said to them, draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. Are they okay? Praise God. You know, you can read the Bible with a religious mindset. You can read the Bible as though it were not reality. Okay? We want wine. You send us to fetch water. Okay, okay, we are fetching water. Do you understand? Then they finish fetching water. You now say we should take the water and give the master. If you say take the water and drink, I will drink. But the master of the feast is expecting wine. And you're sending me to take water to him. Why are you setting me up? Are you with me? Why are you setting me up? But you see, one of the things that we're going to begin to learn today is that I don't know how, I, I lack words to describe it. But you see, the Bible makes us understand, tries to make us understand that God is big. Let me I say God is big. Hallelujah. Do I have any person who read physics in the university here? Who is in a, or chemistry or any of that? Hey, G, what are you? Chemical. Uh-huh. Come and sit here just so that I might consult you. Very important. I encountered some things that scared me. All right, not that scared me, that excited me. Do you know that as human beings, we are 99% space? 
Okay, let me take it from another angle. The Bible says, Hebrews 11 verse 3, talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. Part B of it says, upholding all things by the word of his power. Okay? Upholding what? All things. What are all things? Okay, John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He went on and says, and without him, without the word, without the word, without the word, was nothing made that was made. So what is the word? You see, everything that you see visible is matter. Now, you see, praise God. If you break down gold, if you break down a human being, break down anything you can see to the basic element, do you know they're all the same? Do you know we're all formed by matter? And then when you break down matter, inside matter is atoms. Now, inside atoms, there's proton, there's neutron, which form the nucleus, and then there's electron that runs around the nucleus. Now, the proton and neutron, what is different from a human being's body and this uh, flower we have here is the composition of those protons and neutrons. The number, not the form. So, in essence, everything in the world is created by the same thing. Both organic and inorganic. Everything in the world, both iron, both car, both airplane, is made of matter. And all matter is the same. What happens is that in the composition, the mixtures begin to change. Now, inside of matter is atom. Are you with me now? So, inside of that atom, now, let, let me, this illustration will help you. They said an atom that has the nucleus now, the nucleus is what is in the middle, that has the nucleus as big as a pea, as a bean seed. It said the neutron, sorry, the electron around it will occupy space the size of a football field. Are you following me now? Now, what they're saying is this, in essence, that what we see is sustained by what we don't see. Doesn't Hebrews tell us that? That by faith we understand that the things which were created, were not created from the things which are what? Visible. Isn't that what the Bible says? You know, when I was reading that, I, there was a time I laughed with a big laugh. When they go back by itself, when the Big Bang happened, and I know what the Big Bang is. The Big Bang is when God said, let there be. I get what I'm saying. That's what they do. But in essence, what, what I want you to understand this morning is this. You see, all this thing you're seeing, you touch, say this is iron. You touch, say this is human being. You touch, say this is ebba. You touch, say this is meat pie. All of that is formed from matter. At the basic, basic form of matter is atom. At the basic form of atom is space. Now, what is holding all of that? It says upholding all all things by the word of his power so if the word that upholds all things as water decides to say from now on water you become wine has water a right to refuse praise the lord that's what it is and you see that's why you read the bible some things don't make sense it says without him was nothing not no man nothing so both human beings both organic inorganic without him nothing nothing was made and then they said in him was life 
and the life. So everything is sustained by him. Scientists, when they get to the back where they can't explain it, they become faith people. Because the Big Bang is the greatest faith statement that I've ever heard. That there was a bang and then things started forming. Praise the Lord, somebody. Now, this person, this uncreated creator we are talking about is your God. Praise the Lord. Is your God. You see, you have to swallow this. Let me give you another one that, that they, they said there are more stars in the sky, in the atmosphere, than there are grains of sand in all the sea beaches. Now, they taught us uncountable nouns, right? Sand is uncountable. So you scoop sand like this. What you have in your palm, you can't even count. Then proven, scientifically proven, that there are more stars out there than there are grains of sand. Now, you begin to think about that. Do you know how big your God is? That's why eternal life is the knowledge of God. Because you know this kind of thing. If they say, I will kill you for Jesus, they say, please, eat me as sweet after you kill me. I get what I'm talking about. He's a big God. You see, that's where idolatry is such a shame. Because, you know, like Isaiah said, he said, you go and cut a tree and carve something. And then you fall down and say, you're my God. How can that be your God? Your God is awesome. Your God is big. Praise the Lord. Not just that now. Inside of one piece of that sand that you pick, they said there are more particles inside of it than there are stars in the sky. <laughs> you came for a science lecture today. I get it. I want you to understand why Jesus and God in and the Holy Spirit cannot understand unbelief. Praise the Lord. God can't understand. He can't stand it. That's what sends people to hell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever what? Is it whosoever is strong? Is it whosoever is smart? Is it whosoever believes? Because if you can't believe God, where, how would they help you? You see a God like this, you can't believe him. Why won't you believe him? He's so wise. Some Sundays ago, we learned that he's alpha and he's omega. He said to Abraham, I will make you. Then he said to Abraham, you are. Now, if I'm dealing with a man, I say, yes, you made a promise to me. When are you going to fulfill? God is saying, I made a promise to you. I have fulfilled it. Why? Because God does not dwell in time. He inhabits eternity. God has to step out from eternity to visit time from time to time. So when he comes and speaks to me a word, he's not speaking to me what he's going to see happen. He's speaking to me what he has done that has speaking to me. He's seeing it. Then I tell him, Lord, uh, how am I sure? That's why they had to close the mouth of Zechariah. Say, Zechariah, you know, the Lord has heard your prayers. You're going to bring forth it. He say, ah, a miseki. Ah, old man God. They closed his mouth. Because what else can you tell him? We're talking about God and man. All, all I want you to understand today is that it's God we're talking about. Is the creator we are talking about. Is the only wise one we are talking about. He's the dependable one. And you see, if he had all this power and all this greatness and had no love, we would be really scared. But his love also is so big that the Bible tells us on Ephesians, he said that you can't even begin to comprehend the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of his love. What a combination. Because you see, power, you know, empowers impunity, you know, wickedness insensitivity but when there's power and love combined together like it is combining you know what it brings it brings that sense of peace that's why one of the witnesses of the kingdom is righteousness and what peace when you know god you have peace 
No matter the news that you hear, you have peace. No matter the threat they bring, you have peace. No matter the price in the market, you have peace. No matter what they do to school fees, you have peace. You know why? Because it cannot be as God. It can't be as big as your God. It cannot be. The Bible told us in something, it says, Why do the heathen rage? Why do the people plot a vain thing? Against the Lord and against his anointed. Heaven did not call a board meeting. Can you hear what these people are planning against me? He didn't do that. He said, he that sits in heaven shall what? He said, shall laugh. That's the response. You know, you see a man standing like this and then one four-year-old boy comes and does like this. What would the man do? That's what he's going to do. He laughs. So Jesus, when he said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled it. And he said, take this water now. Take some out now. Because when told what happened now. He said, verse 8 says, draw some out now. When told whether what they drew out was water or wine. And the servants didn't check. Because I'm sure fear no led them. So they drew it out. All they had prepared was, if there was any reaction, they'll say, he's the one. You're very smart. That's it. Isn't that what we should be doing in life? Go and minister the word to your boy. Say, boss, boss, unless you're born again, you shall likewise perish. Say, Stu-. He said, he sent me. He said, who? He said, God. That boss will fear you that day. Because he said, where is he? He said, can't you see him, Morgan? There'll be Wahala in that office. But do you understand what I'm saying? They just knew we didn't engineer this on our own. So they took it and started going. But look, you can imagine their shock when the Bible says, and the master took it, and the master of the feast took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and didn't know where it came from, he didn't know. The servants knew. He didn't know. He said, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. I'm sure at that point, the hearts, you know, you read the Bible, slow down. Imagine the master, you give him the water that they sent you, and he tasted it. He didn't talk to you. He said, call the bridegroom. That's how their hands would have gone. The matter is so serious that he's not even addressing us. He wants to report. How many of us have died many times before we died? That's what they're telling us there. He could have sipped it and said, correct, correct. Go and bring more. The man tasted it. He said, where is the bridegroom? Where is the bridegroom? Where is the bridegroom? Hi. One will tell the other, I told you, let's not obey this man. But the bridegroom came. And they were there shaking. What did he say? He says, every man at the beginning, what? Sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior says, but you, bridegroom, have kept the good wine until now. Even the bridegroom himself, that's where he's going to put his hand on the head. And we wonder what's going on here. But you see, brothers and sisters, this should be our daily experience. This is grace. This is the mercy of God. This is what we are. We are Christians. We have the mighty helping us. The Bible says there is none like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens. So while you are striving on earth, there is God in heaven doing what? Orchestrating situations to help you. But the challenge is, would we believe him? You know, would we believe him, sir? Would we believe him? Are we going to trust him? In him, are we going to respond like those servants obediently to what he says? You know, because you see, God, or rather Lord Jesus Christ, when he was on there, he had a way of making sure 
that whoever was going to receive anything from him exercised faith. Now, I want to heal a blind man. You know, God has anointed me. I have the anointing. I want to heal a blind man. So, I meet a blind man and he said, Oga, I need to receive my sight. He's doing like this. And then I go on the floor and I pack mud, spit. You know, their ears are sensitive. Okay? So, they know you spat on it. Then he's waiting. The next thing, on his eye, pa. <laughs> you close the two. He's still waiting. You must know what you're doing. Then the next thing is send him on an errand. Go find the pool of Siloam and wash. Now, who would do that? Who would obey that? I'm blind. You blind me more. Let me use that Nigerian English. <laughs> you blind me more. Eh? Then you don't take me. If you know you want to, why don't you take me by the hand? Do you understand? You know, we, we read the Bible like, you know, very spirits. These are human beings like us. If you don't understand this perspective, you're going to find it, you know, challenging walking with God. This is a God that a widow and her son were saying, Lord, we're in our last bread. If we eat this, we'll die. You know how God answered them? He sent a prophet, a hungry one, an insensitive one. I can't even do that thing he did. Thank God God doesn't send me like that. Do you, understand? you meet a widow and she's crying as she's making it. He said, go, bring me water. He had sense. She obeyed in water. As she was going to bring water, I called her, ah, Auntie, Auntie, wait, wait, wait. Please, also, please bake me a little bread. That's when Auntie turned and said, I, I taught you they see. <laughs> you I taught you had prophetic insight. This thing we have is for my son and I to eat and die. But the prophet knew God sent him. And the Bible says God had commanded the widow. And also the widow was feeling that even this one we are planning to eat and die. Maybe they even want to take it from us. So that is the way your God operates. I just want you to see. But you see, when you have power, you have a right to behave like that. Are you with me? I remember as a young boy, you know, I, I think I was in the university. And I took my car to the panel bitter. Something had happened. You know, and I took it to the panel beater. I liked it, you know, neat and shiny. So somebody scratched it and they needed to do a work. So I got to the panel beater and complained, I want you to do this. And then we charged, I, we agreed on the fair. When I came back, I saw them scratching the car. Ah, I, I, pu- I almost pushed it. I want you to fix this paint that was scratched. And you're now scratching it more. But you see, now I didn't know. That for them to fix the paint, they had to scratch out. I get it in a, Only the panel beater can do that. Imagine somebody hits your car and then both of you come down. And he says it's a little scratch. And then he takes iron and he's scratching it more. Wouldn't there be World War? Do you understand? But the panel beater can do that because he has the ability to do what? After scratching it to sandpaper it. You know, put filler and then spray it and he looks at you. That's why God will expect that you will trust him. That's why God will expect that you believe in him. That's why he says, I am the resurrection. Living things don't resurrect. Are you hearing me? Living things don't resurrect. He says, I'm the resurrection. So, means my power is made manifest. Where they've signed off that there's no life anymore. 
That's what he's talking about. That is the God. So this was the sign Jesus wanted to begin. That men may know that he's almighty. Do you know that? Let's bow our heads. Because the conclusion of that whole story, sir, and man, is that what Jesus worked a mighty miracle. But the issue was the do it. Can I do the it that I need to do to experience what God wants to give to me? Do it. Do it. You know, like, like we live in a time now where if you want to call for prayer meeting that people attend, tell them it's a prayer meeting to break uncle's causes. Generational, that old man break, you know, up, uproot, like the one we heard recently, we're uprooting trees from the village. You come, let's, you know, let's tear down uh, September to power, October to overtake, you know, all of that. Do you know that a lot of those prayer points, can I ask you something? How many of us know the Lord's Prayer? Okay. How many lines are in the Lord's Prayer? About seven, eight lines. How many of the lines in the Lord's Prayer make you ask what you want? Only one. Give us this day. What's the first one? Our Father which art in heaven. What? Hallowed be. The second one. Thy kingdom come. The third one. Continue counting. That's for you. Continue. Forgive us. That's sanctification. Repentance, right? And then as we forgive those who... That's relationship. That's walking in love, right? Then he says what? Lead us into the breakthrough. He says, lead us not into... Not I no go die poor. Me I no go suffer. I no go beg for bread. That's not it. Then the other one says what? Deliver. And we've learned here that that deliver us from evil. It's not just deliver us from the evil one. It's deliver us from doing evil. Now you look at all of that. Look at the prayers they pray in churches today. One out of almost eight... We have taken it and we have reversed it. How many times do you call prayer point for sanctification? And people go, Lord, change my heart, change my heart, change my heart. Nobody prays that. That's the it. Whatsoever he says what? Do it. He said it. He taught it. In every way he tried to communicate to us. He says, after all these things, what happened? He said, the Gentiles, they seek. He said, but you, you. He said, your heavenly father knows that you have need of this. He said, but you seek first what? That is it. That is it. That is it. He said, whatsoever he says to you, do it. IT. What is your it? The it will tell whether you have faith or you have lust. You see, lust keeps you focused on what you want. So you make a God in your image. The God must be speaking pregnancy, 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 prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. The God must be thinking, you know, uh, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. If that God doesn't speak it, you're not interested. But the people here, they wanted wine, they sent them for water. And in fetching water, they got wine. Will somebody be wise today? Will somebody tell the Lord, I will trust in you? Will somebody tell the Lord, you're bigger than what I thought you are? Can somebody go to the Lord from his heart now and say to the Lord, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. You can take care of me. You're bigger than what I thought. You're holier than what I thought. You're stronger than what I imagined. Somebody's listening to me now. Who time has run out on a challenge he has. And as far as you're concerned, it's the end of the matter. You know, matter they were saying to Jesus, Master, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He said, if you would believe, you would see the glory. So even the thing that time has passed, your Lord is saying to you today, 
if you would believe you will see the glory of god can you receive the grace to believe him from today like never before to believe god to believe this big god to believe this god that nothing is difficult for god says to you good morning the morning becomes good everything works it says and we know that all things work together for good to those who love god and are the call that call. this is the god we serve it says i will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear but with every temptation i make a way of escape so as a child of god i see the temptation i look at it and i say god knows i'm stronger than this i'm not entering it afraid i'm not experiencing it scared i know there's a testimony coming out for these light afflictions they work for me a far heavier weight of glory for i'm a child of god it says this is the victory that overcomes the world our faith lord i want to believe you are fresh i want to truly believe you and if you're here listening to me you know, I want us to pray because it's the Holy Spirit that will do this work. John chapter 6, as we round off 28 and 29. Then they said to Jesus, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Hallelujah. How many of us have been asking that question? What shall we do that we may work the works of God? What did Jesus say? Say, this is the work of God. That you believe in him. Not seven steps. Secrets of how to raise the dead. You know. None of that. They are all part of it. But that you believe in him. You know why? You can know seven steps to raise the dead. But you're a fornicator you can know know five ways to do so and so but you're envious you see but when you believe in him there are some things that can stay on you it's a total overhaul and above all when you believe in him oh there's a rest the bible says there's a rest that remains for the people of god there's a rest you enter you don't count again are you hearing me? You don't count. You don't even judge by what they see. They say when the master comes, he says he won't judge by the hearing of the ears, nor by the seeing of the eyes. That's what happens when you believe in him. So you, you don't have to look like this to know God has blessed you. You look inside and you see that his presence is with him. That's what men like Joseph showed us. He said he was in the house of his master Potiphar and he was so blessed why because God was with him if not for this scripture Joseph cannot be blessed as a houseboy he wants to be king isn't it greater 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 over 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 Lord 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 master master he was in prison but he was still blessed why because he believed in him and then in prison he did the works in Potiphar's house, he did the works. Child of God, it is possible, Lord. I want you for the last time to pray sincerely. God will hear that prayer. Lord, I want to believe in you. Indeed. I want to believe in you. Indeed. I want to be a believer. I go to church. 
but I want to be a believer indeed Lord help me I want to be a believer indeed Lord help me help me Lord help me help me Lord I cry to you I want to believe in you so that the works of God will come flow naturally you know not spectacularly but naturally continuously I become a supernatural life your word says as many as are led of the spirit he said these are the sons of God Lord help me to believe in you to believe in you Lord help me this is my prayer thank you Lord help me Lord help me Lord you've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church we are sure you've been blessed we invite you to worship with us at Eden Center Banex Guarimpa Expressway near Next Kashinkari Abuja for telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158-404 you can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com God bless you.